0: Good morning, and welcome to Milwaukee Mennonites Monday Morning Devotionals, an opportunity for the Milwaukee Mennonite Church family and friends of the community to share their ideas, to help us focus our thoughts, and to listen for God's work in our lives and in the world around us. Today, we hear from Amy Bowers. I'm always excited to hear what Amy has to share with us, and today on the winter solstice, the shortest day and longest night of the year. Amy has a message fitting for this last week of 2020 Advent.
1: Even though it is unlikely that Jesus was born on December 25th, I find it fitting that we celebrate his birth near the winter solstice. There are historical reasons why the date was chosen, of course. The internet tells me that the Romans celebrated the winter solstice as the birthday of the sun, and it was a short leap to make it a celebration of the birth of Jesus, the Son of Righteousness, who brings God's light into the world. Many cultures and peoples have traditional celebrations of the winter solstice and these festivals often reflect a defiant hope, gathering to feast through the longest night of the year, celebrating the turning point when days begin to grow longer, even knowing that the coldest and leanest months of the winter still lie ahead, the imperceptible increase in the length of the day, holding the promise of long sunny days and the first fruits of the harvest. I also think it's fitting that in church on the fourth Sunday of Advent, often the Sunday closest to the solstice, we read the Magnificat, Mary's song of praise from Luke's gospel. Mary speaks of God's saving deeds in the present perfect tense as things that have just now been accomplished. God has shown strength with his arm and has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. Mary does not speak of things that God will do or even things that God is currently doing. She speaks of the things that God has done. Mary's situation is precarious in so many ways. A young, unmarried, pregnant girl in a world where people can be executed for adultery, a member of an occupied nation, a poor girl in an insignificant town, But setting her faith in the plan that God has begun in her, she speaks with confidence of a world yet unborn, a world utterly transformed by the justice and mercy of God. Though this year has given us a lot that we will all be happy to leave behind, in this past week, in the shortest days of this dreary year, many of us found a reason to be hopeful as the first people in our country received the vaccine for the coronavirus that has ended our lives. There are still many unknowns, especially whether enough people will take the vaccine to actually control the spread of the illness. But especially for healthcare workers like my sister-in-law, who spent the year caring for people who are, gras- who are gasping for breath, receiving their first dose of vaccine is a reason for joy that they've been longing for. Hope, like the knowledge through the cold and hungry days of winter, that each day is longer than the last and that deep within the the dark ground seeds are beginning to sprout. We can build hope on the tiniest things if we can believe that they will grow. There will be one more minute of daylight tomorrow, then another the next day, until the sunlight lasts until late evening, until new shoots sprout from the ground and trees again bear fruit. A child is born to an unwed mother and though powerful people seek to kill him from the moment of his birth, he survives. A few strands of RNA are injected into the arm of an exhausted nurse, sparking hope that we might soon see the end of the threat from this disease that has killed more than 300,000 people in our country. Our hopes can seem foolish, and they can be dashed in an instant. And in the time of COVID, when our hope rests and whether human beings will make unselfish choices for the good of their neighbors, it seems especially precarious. We still have a long winter ahead, but today, my amazing, constantly stressed out sister-in-law gleefully posted an image of her vaccine record on Facebook. And I know that tomorrow will be a minute longer than today.
0: Thank you, Amy. If you have a devotional to share with us, a thought, a poem, a song, whatever you think would be helpful for us to briefly hear on a Monday morning, please let me know. We'd love to hear from you. Now, a blessing as you go. On this day that marks the longest absence of sunlight in the year, as this season of waiting and expectation for Christ's birth draws to an end, when many feel the heaviness of life, memory, and emotions instead of joy and excitement in this season. May you remember the joy of an expectant mother two millennia ago. May you feel the presence of all the saints that have come before, who have also experienced this absence of light. And may you remember the hope that we can witness in incrementally longer days, in the loving actions of ourselves and others, and in the story of a virgin birth that we wait again to witness. May you hold on to this hope and remember this love. Amen. Milwaukee Mennonite's Monday Morning Devotional was created for Milwaukee Mennonite Church. Thanks again to Amy for sharing this week and to Connie Johnson-Evers for the intro music from her hymn, More Than You Know, and David Stolpe for the outro music from his piece, Threshold. And thank you for listening. Blessings to you and yours this last week of Advent.